prayed for revival. You've read about reformation. It's time to start a revolution. God's business revolution is starting now. Join us as we talk about God using business owners, entrepreneurs, and marketplace leaders. Let's talk about God using you. Welcome to God's business revolution. Hey there, if you're watching this on video, you can tell that we're in studio. We're not fully set up. We're getting there. It's a work in progress and it will be for it will be for a while, but we're excited to start some new things and some new chapters, uh, specifically when it comes to God's business revolution. I just want to share something really quick that's well, maybe not quick, but it's on my heart, something God has just kind of just told me to okay, you got to go forward with this. It may be a little rough for some folks, but you need to fasten your seatbelts and listen closely to what we're, what we're getting ready to talk about, okay? It has to do with the church and what the church is up to. And yes, it has to do with business because as you know, I relate everything. I relate everything to business, especially God's business revolution. Anyway, here's what you need to know. Is that specifically what happened after Jesus' resurrection and what that has to do with the church and what that has to do with business. You see, it's very interesting because after this incredible experience of Jesus Christ resurrecting from the dead, we find all these disciples holed up in a room someplace and they've just experienced this incredible three-year journey with Jesus. They really couldn't see between the lines and really couldn't understand the prophecy I, you know I don't know that they obviously didn't seem to understand that he was actually going to raise himself from the dead maybe they did I don't know but they were holed up in this upper room and and scripture says because of the fear of of their next that the that the the leaders were going to of the day the Jews and the Roman leaders were going to come and get them so they were afraid and Side note, keep in mind that they're all afraid, but it's the two women who go out to the tomb. Uh, ladies, thank you for being the leaders that you are, the times that you're the leaders that you are. It's incredible. And uh, thank you for that. But they're holed up. But here's some interesting things that happen between the time that the church is born, and I say the church is born there when Christ raised from the dead, not necessarily Pentecost. That's just semantics for me. But the time that this church starts after Christ is resurrected from the dead until Pentecost, there's some interesting things that happen that we really, really, really need to take, take note. The first thing I want you to take note is the fact that the, these guys were holed up, okay? These men and women were holed up in this upper room in fear. Quite frankly, uh, unfortunately, this is one of those tough things I have to say. I think there's a lot of time that the church hides out in fear someplace and they're holed up. And they don't even know they are. They don't even know they're in fear. Most of the time the church doesn't even know what hit them. And I think you're experiencing a lot of that today. And so the issue is, the issue then becomes, what do we, what do, we do? How do we know whether we're hiding out in fear or not? You know, obviously, that's where we need some help from our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself to get all that figured out. But let's make sure as a church, first of all, that we're not holed up someplace, okay? That we're not holed up in um, in some room waiting on God to do something. How many times do we spend, uh, we go to church, we want to experience the presence of God at church, 
we go to a special concert, we want to experience the presence of God at concert, we're one of being holed up inside these four walls when, as you'll see, Jesus is calling us outside these four walls where we've been holed up for way too long. The church has been holed up inside these walls way too long. We need to be called out. And we have to be called out. And in fact, I believe that's part of what I'm talking to you right now about is to be, is you're being called out. So let's take a look at this, if we, if we will, a little bit, a little bit closer. Specifically, the end of, end of the book of John, into the book of Luke, there's several things. You can read those chapters, the first two chapters of Acts. That's what I'm going to be talking about for the next, for the next couple minutes. A couple interesting things happened, okay? Jesus appeared several times, and let's talk about those appearances where Jesus appeared first of all. He appeared to them in the upper room. And he said, peace be with you. And he said, get me something to eat. <laughs> those are the two things he said. Look it up. What can we learn from those two things? Well, first of all, peace be with you. That's not the only time he said, peace be with you. He said it a second time. It's recorded a second time in that same scenario where he specifically is saying, peace be with you. Uh, arene, or, or, uh, I don't know what the Greek word is right now. I forgot to look it up and pronounce it correctly. But um, that word, look it up if you want to in your strongs or whatever. And this is what it says. It says, it's very similar to the Hebrew word shalom. Uh, where it's wholeness, things are one, nothing missing, nothing broken, what's implied is prosperity. What he's saying is, okay, you've got everything you need, I've equipped you for three years, you're well off, you're well able to do everything you need to do, uh, and yes, you've got the resources, I've given you the resources, now go do it. That's kind of the spirit of that phrase. Here's what's interesting though, what's he saying to go do? What he's saying to go do, he's saying that, he's saying, he, he asked for something to eat. Now here's, the other thing that's really, really crazy, if you stop and think about it, Jesus uh, was appeared to these guys. They didn't even know who he was uh, on the way to Emmaus, uh, and he, they were, and Jesus was revealed to them when they started to eat. Jesus asked for something to eat in the in the upper room. The other thing that happened is that Jesus ate with them after the miracle of the uh, of the of the fishing catch that's recorded as well. So there's three records of Jesus eating with these folks after his, his resurrection. There's a couple reasons for that I, I'm going to speculate. The first one is the fact that, is the fact that uh, they wanted to, he ate so that they knew he wasn't a ghost. I mean, I, I just think that that's pretty plain and simple and fair to say that, that they wanted to make sure this wasn't an aberration. And so if he actually ate and did stuff like that in front of them, it, he, was, he was this real physical body that they needed to see, just like Thomas touching, his, touching him. Here's the second thing, though. I believe that Jesus was calling them to normal. He's calling us to normal. This, the, the whole eating thing is calling us to normal. But here's what's interesting. He's calling us to a resurrected normal. I love that phrase. He's calling us to a resurrected normal where we do normal things differently than we've ever done them before. And that's what I think he was trying to get across is he wants to let us know that we need to do things in a resurrected normal fashion. So here's the other thing that's interesting there. And let's talk about commerce here for a minute and business. He did a commerce miracle. He did a marketplace miracle after his resurrection that was phenomenal. And that's this whole thing where he was, uh, where, where the, the boats went out, they cast the nets on the other side, they brought this huge catch back in. That 
is a marketplace provision miracle where they could where they were having trouble catching and they did and so that was a marketplace miracle that jesus did a commerce miracle i'm gonna use the word commerce purposely here for a second there's another example of commerce that's recorded here that we look need to look very closely at as we read the story and we put ourselves in position of the story you see one of the things we need to remember is that Back, roads don't mean what they used to mean anymore. Roads today is the street outside, outside your house, is the street, you know, it's, the, it's, it's just, there's a road everywhere for those of us who live, in, who live in cities. There is literally a road, an alley, a driveway everywhere. Well, roads originally, especially then and even, even in, in early American history, vast majority of roads were commerce routes. They were routes of commerce. The gospel, Paul spread the gospel via the trade routes. That's where he, he, jumped, he jumped on the ships going where the trade routes took him. Okay, there wasn't a, there wasn't a cruise line that was a, that was a um, <laughs> you know, just a personal thing. It was, it, was all, it was all business. And so roads was a, was a commerce route. So this road to Emmaus experience was a commerce route that Jesus was on. Jesus interacted on a commerce route. He did a commerce marketplace miracle with the fish. Here's something else we need to take into consideration. At Pentecost, keep in mind, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on them, Scripture says, while he was still in that upper room at his first appearance, the same time he asked them for something to eat. Then the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, and that anointing of the Holy Spirit recorded later, they're in the upper room, they're still gathered. Now, I could go back and say something about the church still being hunkered down someplace, waiting on something to happen, but I'm going to be very polite and leave that alone right now. But I think that's important to think about is that it's time for the church to get unhunkered. It's to get time for the church to get unheld up. It's time for the church to get uh, unhold up. It's time for the church to go do something and to get out of this upper room, get out of this group of people that they were that, that the church has been in, and go do something outside outside the walls. What did the early church do? Here's what the early church did. There's two things specifically that are recorded. The first thing is that they talk. They start talking about how the early church took care of each other, how they sold things that they had, how they made sure that everybody was taken care of. Ladies and gentlemen, that's commerce. The early church, one of the first two things they did, they did business to take care of themselves and to do what they were doing. Let me tell you something. The implication here is not that they did business, sold everything they had, and camped out in a commune. That's would be, that would be illogical and uh Un, and, and, and unproductive. The implication is that this is an ongoing thing where they continue to do commerce. Money comes in, money goes out, people are taken care of. You have to have in order to spend and, and you have to have in order to take care of people. And so there is, this, there is this understood part where Jesus said, I'm calling you to a new normal. I'm calling to you to a new normal. Eat like you normally do. Do business like you normally do. But guess what? It's a resurrected normal. We're going to do business differently. You're going to see miracles in the marketplace like I showed you. Not only are you going to see miracles in the marketplace, you're going to see miracles on trade routes. 
And the other place you're going to see miracles is everywhere you go because you're taking the miracles with you because it says that they did signs and wonders and signs and wonders followed them. And 3,000 were added to them that day. Seriously? You are being called to get outside the four walls of the church. You're being called to a new resurrected normal. That resurrected normal is simple. That resurrected normal is to live life with the power of the resurrection in your back pocket, on your shirt sleeve, in your wallet, on your heart. The power of the resurrection where miracles happen in the marketplace, in profit centers like the fish that came in, where miracles happen on trade routes, and where you are right in the middle of signs and wonders like in Acts 2. It's time. It's time for a revolution. It's time to do business differently. It's time for God's business revolution. It's time for a resurrected normal in the marketplace. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening and thank you for joining God's Business Revolution. Be sure to follow us on social media and online at www.godsbusinessrevolution.com.